Are you ready to get down and dirty? That's what I want to talk about in this podcast. Quick and dirty tips for building a relationship. The best relationships are the messiest ones. Now, at first glance, it sounds odd, right? But how can good friendships be dirty? Because we're fallen, because we're broken people. And to live well with others requires getting into the muckiness of each other's lives. If you're interested in going beyond the superficial with others, then I want you to listen on. I'm going to give you 17 helpful tips that can transform your relationships. You don't have to remember all of them. In fact, what you can do is you can go to our website and you can read exactly what I'm going to share with you. And I would encourage you to do that, especially if you want to build, if you want to get down and dirty with another person, then I would encourage you to, or maybe a group of you all, to share this podcast with each other and to talk about it. I have a lot of questions for you, and I want to jump right into it. But thank you so much for joining me for your daily drive I am Rick Thomas, and I'm glad that you are here. Will you do me a favor? If you would, if you'd go to the platform where you're listening to this podcast now, you could stop the podcast if you wish, and then give us a five-star review and a nice review, write out something nice, and that will help us to rise in the rankings. That will help us to reach more people is one way that you can help us. If you benefit from our ministry and you want to see it to continue to grow, then if you would give us a review, that's one simple way that you could help us. So would you do that? Go to the platform that you're listening to, write a review for your daily drive. Here it is, quick and dirty tips for building a relationship. I want to start here. Quote, it's so hard to make friends at church. You probably have heard that before. I've heard it many times. I may or may not have said it once or twice. Struggles with building relationally with others is one of the more common complaints that I hear from church people. It is also a typical response in the counseling office when I make my appeals to find a friend to help with the counselee's ongoing challenges. As I like to say, you can do many things by yourself, but sanctification is not one of those things. God made us for community. This tension here is not strange because it's our Adamic tendency. We're born isolationist after the fall. Being open and honest does not come easy for anyone. We're all like Adam, men and women hiding behind fig leaves. The sense of shame, that internal awkwardness of the soul that we carry is a natural inhibitor that keeps us from getting close to others. It takes work to build relationally with another human being. This is not a passive exercise. You see, Creator God made Adam from the dust, and we are his offspring. And if you take two dirt clods and rub them together, there will be more dirt. That's why I titled the podcast, Quick and Dirty Tips for Building a Relationship. Now, I do understand why it's easier to talk about nothing, just to go straight up superficial with someone, than to talk about something. 
before there was a compelling interest of the Spirit of God inside of me, motivating me to build with others, to talk with others, to engage others, I was content with the shallow waters of relationships because, quite honestly, I just didn't want to get into other people's messes because getting deep with others means you're going to get into the muck and the mire of their lives. You will get dirty. But it's the call of God. It's the call from God. And it's the point of the gospel. Christ, the gospel, was all about going to others and getting up in their business. It was his job. And we are his children. And we want to imitate our great God. You see, one of the characteristics and let me say it this way, pieces of evidence for being a Christian is our affection for each other. A person who shows little interest or little love in others could very well be an unbeliever. I'm not saying they are, but it is a possibility if you're antisocial because you're made for a community and with the Spirit of God in you motivating you, You would be quenching or grieving the Spirit if you stayed in that isolationist posture. And so if you're interested in taking some of your relationships to a deeper level, you need to have a way of thinking about them before you begin building with them. And while acquaintances can come quickly and, and sometimes naturally, it's easy to make an immediate friend as we work through the three questions, hi, how are you? What do you do for a living and those types of things? But they won't stay for the long haul if you don't have a biblical understanding of how to build and maintain them. Relationships aren't static. They're always moving in one direction or the other. For the believer, our spiritual connections must come under the guidance and influence of the Spirit of God if they are going to help us to mature in Christ. Now, this process, as I said, is going to take work, which our shallower relationships do not require. There's little difficulty when it comes to having a sports relationship. Hey, did you see the game? What do you think about that home run or that touchdown? But if you want a God-centered one, You need to have a biblical game plan. And so I'm going to give you a simple game plan for building relationally with others. If you follow this plan, you are sure to find a few people. A few, not a lot. Everybody will not get the warm and fuzzies with the things that I'm going to share with you. But you will find a few people who are willing to go along with you in this spiritual adventure. And so these steps are laid out in order, a sequential order from first to last, from 1 to 17, what I would like for you to do is to think through each step reflectively. Now, to help you to do that, I I have an answer, or a question, rather, at the end of each step. So there'll be 17 questions all together, and you can can answer these uh, questions to assess yourself more carefully. And you can also use this guide with your friends or your discipleship group or your small group, your marriage, your family. And so again, quick and dirty tips for building a relationship. Here are 17 of them. Let's start. Number one, being prayerful. I know. 
Prayer is the presumed starting place, but not because it's obvious. I'm sure you would call this too. You would say, well, of course you want to be prayerful. But rather than it just being obvious, it is essential. Everything should be a matter of prayer, especially how you think about your involvement with others. Your heart must be ready and actively prepared to love others more than yourself. You begin that process by praying, asking God. If you don't get this first step right, you will clunk along as you as you move through the the other steps that I'm going to share with you. And so here's your question about point number one, being prayerful. Are you actively praying for a mind motivated to seek the interest of others more than your interest? This is the specific kind of prayer that I would appeal to you to pray because it's hard to seek the interest of others. We love talking about ourselves. We love being the centerpiece. We we love self-esteem, but this idea of being prayerful is a motivation, asking God to motivate you so that you can really have a genuine, authentic, legitimate interest in others, other people's interests more than yourself. So number one is being prayerful. Number two is being repentant. Why you say that? If you are actively praying about others, you'll be motivated to make personal changes for the sake of others. Think about it. If you're seeking the interest of others and setting aside yourself, your own interest, well, that's not going to come easy. That means you're going to have to make incremental changes, subtle changes. You may have to make dramatic changes depending on how self-centered you are. And so after being prayerful, step number one, being repentant, is the obvious next step. If you're not open to change, you're not going to have quality relationships. Now, Jesus did not have to repent, but he had to change for the sake of others. He took on the form of humanity. He became like us. There's a other-centered quality to him. Of course, sin is the inhibitor for us. That's why being repentant, ready to repent, in order to get fully into the mindset of being other-centered. So here's your question. Are you prepared to change, to build genuinely with others? Some people will have a hard time with this because they, they really just don't have a other interest in their lives. They, they are selfie-centered. And so point number one, 17 steps to get uh, quick and dirty tips to build relationally with others. Be prayerful. Number two, being repentant. Number three, being inconvenienced. The first thing you'll have to deal with as far as changing yourself is this idea of being inconvenienced for the sake of others. We're talking about being other-centered, so you pray about it. You begin to make these incremental or dramatic changes to be other-centered, and then here's one of the first things you're going to be confronted with. You're going to be inconvenienced. You see, other people will not meet all of your expectations. When Christ decided to build relationally with us, he had to leave his place to come to our place. Let's let's just call that for the sake of this podcast an inconvenience. Here's your question. Are you willing to alter your lifestyle for the sake of others? Number four, being sacrificial. Being inconvenienced could mean changing your plans, altering your preferences, or not getting your way in a momentary matter. Being sacrificial is a little different, is pouring out your life with an unsure return on investment. Christ left his home and took on flesh and lived among us, which was inconvenient for the sake of this podcast. 
but he also gave up his life for us. He was sacrificial. He's taking this idea of being inconvenienced to another level. And so here's your question, what is the cost of discipleship? The first four steps, being prayerful, being repentant, being inconvenienced, and being sacrificial. The previous, these four elements, what they do is they assess your heart. You haven't even started to build a relationship yet. All of this is preparatory regarding your desires and readiness to build relationally with others. Now, let's say with a heart ready to receive friends, you now need qualities that will help you to connect with them, and that's where we want to go now. So number five is being relational. You've been prayerful. You're you're actively repenting. You're you're are willing to be inconvenienced, and you're ready, you're ready to sacrifice this. So number five, be relational. Christ could relate to people because he understood them. If you start practicing being other-centered, you will learn how to understand people because you're thinking about them all the time. He knew his audience. He spent time thinking about others and discerning how to relate to them. As the Hebrew writer said in 1025, consider others. Let us consider others. If he wanted to connect relationally with an individual or a group, he did. Number five, being relational, here's your question. Do you understand people? And do you know how to connect with them? Number six, being available. When he did choose to connect with others, to relate to others, he made himself available. You need more than good intentions to be friends with dirt clods. You must be available with a heart ready, a mind focused Christ put himself in places where others could find him to receive help. John 3, 1 and 2, I love this passage of Scripture about Nicodemus. He came to him by night. Christ was available. Here's your question. Do you create space in your life to care for others? Number seven, being hospitable. I had lunch with a man who told me one of the main reasons he bought his house was because of how it was laid out. You see, he spent time thinking about how to build his life with others. Part of this meant creating functional space in his life so others could come into his world. That was one of the driving means or reasons why we bought our house many years ago. Because we live upstairs, and the wash, the washing machine, for example, all of that is upstairs, and the downstairs is, is a kitchen area and a living room, and it's primarily for hospitality. So we live upstairs, and we entertain downstairs, being hospitable. Do people feel invited into your world? And so this group of, of tips, number five, being relational, number six, being available, Number seven, being hospitable. Our first section of tips talked about how to adjust your heart. You remember praying, repenting, inconvenient, sacrificial. This second step uh, section that I just went through is attitudes and context for loving others. And now this next section will cover your leadership role in the lives of those you want to help transform into Christ-likeness. Number eight, being intentional. This is a leadership gift that God gives to the repentant person. Building relationally with others is a character trait 
of leaders. Leaders seek out others, which is the, you could say it's the intentional activity of Christians. You see, it's not static. It's something that has to happen. It is the intentional activity of Christians. It will not just happen. You can't sit back on the back pew and say that this church is not a friendly church. Intentional activity of Christians who have been humbled and motivated by the gospel. These leaders have a vision for the task. Followers don't have the foresight or the gumption to exercise this kind of relational leadership, being intentional. Number eight, here's your question. Are you on the lookout for others and how you can invest in their lives? Like on Sunday morning at your church meeting, you're scanning the auditorium, looking for people that you're going to connect with, maybe before the message or after the message or at some point. Number nine, being honest. I will if, you're, I will if you will is the unspoken mantra among the tentative. I'll go make a friend if you will. Rarely will a person be the first to show honesty about his life. If you want a person to be honest with you, you're going to have to lead with your honesty. You can't have the I will be open. I will make a relationship. I will be transparent if you will. Being honest is being truthful. Not being honest, not being open is being fearful. There is a tentative fear element that hinders truth-telling. If you're going to get down and dirty with another person, then well, you not only have to be intentional, but you have to be honest. Here's your question. How does your example of honesty motivate others toward honesty? Number 10, being vulnerable. Weakness is strength in God's economy. Christ was willing to become nothing so he could help us. Your potential friend, whomever this friend may be that you're going to make a friendship with, guess what? They struggle with sin. If you want him to open up about his struggles, your vulnerability will be critical to that end. Number 10, being vulnerable, here's your question. How vulnerable are you around your friends. Again, this section is all about leadership, leading others by your humility. Number eight, being intentional. Nine, being honest. Number 10, being vulnerable. And then finally, number 11, being transparent. Adamic tendencies tempt us to cover up whenever possible. You remember the fig leaf thing I was talking about earlier? Men and women hiding behind fig leaves because of this sense of shame, this internal awkwardness that we carry in our souls. Wise and transparent people are rare in our world. It is refreshing to be around a person who who does not mind sharing his or her true self with you. One of the remarkable traits of the Savior was his willingness to be real, to be transparent Here's your question. What kind of book are you? Are you open or closed? The title of this podcast is Quick and Dirty Tips for Building a Relationship. There are 17 of them in a sequential order. Number one, being prayerful. Number two, being repentant. Number three, being inconvenienced. Number four, being sacrificial. Number five, being relational. Six, being available. Seven, being hospitable. 8, being intentional, 9, being honest, 10, being vulnerable, 11, being transparent. Now, this last section 
interacts with how you talk to others. In the beginning, we talked about preparing your heart, and then we talked about uh, the attitudes that you should have. Then we talked about leadership matters. If the preceding traits, attitudes, ideas, if they have changed your heart and mind, then what's coming next? Well, these things will be self-evident. How to motivate others toward Christ. Your humility will have opened the door for your friend to get real with you. What you need to do now is to motivate him to go to the next level in your relationship. And so the big question is, how do you motivate a person to go to that deeper level of relationship building where it's going to be messy? Number 12, being encouraging. God motivates us primarily by His grace. To hang out with God is to be encouraged by Him. The most encouraging thing God ever did for us was to send His Son to rescue us from ourselves. He could have punished us, but He chose another course of action. It was through His kindness that we were changed, the kindness of the cross it's hard to put those two words together, kindness and cross, but, but most definitely through the kindness of the giving of his son. On the cross, we are able to be encouraged in the most maximum way by being regenerated. Here's your question. After people spend time with you, how are they affected? Are they generally encouraged? Or you could ask the adverse question, the opposite question. Are they generally discouraged after being uh, spending time with you? And I know that sometimes they, they will be discouraged, especially if you rebuke them or bring hard sayings to them. But I'm talking about a general characteristic of spending time with you. Are they generally encouraged? Motivating others toward Christ. Now you're getting up in their business the way that you do that. Number 12, being encouraging Number twelve, being number thirteen, rather being gracious. Interacting with fallen people is challenging at times. For those of you who are in the counseling business, those of you who do discipleship regularly, you know this. Disappointment is certain. Remember, dirt rubbing against dirt will produce more dirt. We're dirt clods kicked up from the dust of the earth that God has, has made us animated. But in our most fundamental form, we're dirt clods. And when you rub dirt against dirt, it will produce more dirt. If you plan to go beyond superficial and you're in a relationship for the long haul, you're going to be disappointed. Being gracious is number 13. Here's the question. Are you more aware of the grace of God in your friend's life? or where they are failing. Where do you put the accent mark on the things that they do wrong, the mistakes that they make, the disappointments they bring? Or can you genuinely, authentically thank God for them because the grace of God is active in their life? By the way, you can't get deep and dirty with a non-Christian because these are spiritual gifts. These things that I've been sharing with you are spiritual things that God grants to us only to spiritual people this will not work with natural people. They cannot spiritually discern and, and partake in these things. And so the friend that you're building deeply with, where's the accent mark? On the grace of God? 
in their life, or, or do you focus more? Are you more problem-centered when you think about them? 13, being gracious. Number 14, being discerning. All things will not be as they appear with your new friends. Prepare to be surprised. You see, the doctrine of sin informs us how people are not perfect. You know that, right? And so what you're going to see on the front end, what you're going to see is the welcome mat at the door. But when you walk in the house of their lives, you, you're going to begin to see things that you may not have anticipated. Don't overinflate your expectations or you will be disappointed when you get the whole scoop on your new friends. By the way, they'll be disappointed in you too. This goes both ways. 14, being discerning. Here's your question. Are your expectations regarding others informed by the Word of God or are they informed by something else? You can assess the answer to this question by how disappointed you become in people. If you're regularly disappointed in people, then you you have a a weak understanding of God's Word specifically in this area of the doctrine of sin. How you react to others will reveal your practical theology. And so as you're getting into these relationships and you want to motivate them toward Christ, you need to be discerning. (laughs) You'll be surprised. You may be surprised. And the proportion of your surprise will be compared to your understanding of the doctrine of sin. Number 15, being intrusive. If you have their best interest at heart and you're in the relationship for them rather than for you, you're ready to go deeper. If you practice what I've said thus far, they will more than likely let you explore their hearts with them being intrusive. Number 15, Here's your question. Are you afraid to explore a person's heart with them? If you've done all of these things, you will have the opportunity to go to go into the secret places. You can be intentionally intrusive with them. Number 16, being trustworthy. A biblical friendship is something you must steward. It's a treasure that takes time to cultivate and grow. These things don't happen in a moment, overnight, in a week or a month, and And like in a small group, it could take one to two years to build this way with a group of friends. You see, no one enjoys suffering, and most people would like a true friend to share their struggles. If you have poured yourself into a relationship and they have have started reciprocating, there is a responsibility to take care of their trust. They are giving you the secrets the hidden things about their life, slowly, surely, over time. And so you must be trustworthy, number number 16. And then finally, number 17, being grateful. You'll know if you built your relationship on a biblical foundation by how you respond when you think about your friends. Think about the friends that you're building deeply with. How do you respond? You see, gratitude is the emotive measurement of the Christ-centered heart. If people wear you down to the point of continual frustration, something is not right with you. You must make changes. There will be times when people will frustrate you, but you should not stay that way for long. Grace trumps sin, and gratitude characterizes the grace man or the grace woman. 
the opposite of the grateful heart is the grumbling heart. Criticalness, complaints, grumbling, lack of faith, and cynicism are the big culprits of the person who has a wrong view of relationships. Typically, these sinful characteristics mean a person's motives are askew. Perhaps if that is you, that would be maybe you should go through the 17 things that I've mentioned and see where your motivations may be askew. Something is amiss in their theology of friendships. There is something desired but not received, which you can discern by a lack of gratitude. Number 17, the last one, being grateful. Here's your question. Are you characterized by gratitude when it comes to your relationships? The title of the podcast is Quick and Dirty Tips for Building a Relationship. You can read everything that I've shared with you thus far, and I have a a call to action at the end. Here's a few things that I want you to think about. I want to give you a few jumpstart thoughts and questions to get the ball rolling with your friends. Be gracious, be bold, trust God, and I suspect you'll be surprised by God if you desire, if you dare, to go this far with your friends. Number one, share with your friend what God is doing in your heart. Then ask your friend, tell me about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Number three, share with your friend some of the things you struggle with regarding your walk with Christ. Number four, then ask your friend to share one of his or her struggles. There's a couple more here, but you can read those. And if you want to talk about this podcast, we have free community forums for you. You're welcome to jump on them and ask your questions. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.